Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod for this, the final time in our first series. I'm Johnny Hammond and alongside is England Harlequin Centre, World Cup winner, carpenter extraordinaire, Rachel Burford. How are you, Burf? I'm good, thanks, Johnny. How are you doing? Very well, but I, no doubt, like the 400 million listeners that we have, are desperate to hear... How the sofa is, how the outdoor sofa is. Those you're just picking up the pod for the first time. Rachel Burford, at the start of lockdown, uh, oh, claimed no. that oh, she was going to make a three by three outdoor sofa using just pallets. So, what are we now? 14 weeks later? How is it? Right. The start of lockdown, it was like four weeks ago. Burford. Maybe five weeks ago. What your timeline yeah, is yeah, all yeah. over the shop. Get the sand out. But anyway, it's it's still not done. Oh. But we've got all our cushions. We had those weeks waiting. ago, Berth. We're not interested about the cushions. You don't have to, unless you're making those, unless you're Jill Burns, unless you're Jill Burns hand making <laughs> cushions, we're not interested in that. We want to know about the carpenter skills. They were big. Well, we could play the, 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 yeah, the clip back as to how bold you were. These these claims of, of making the sofa. Yeah, no, I did say it'd be ready by the first of July, and it's now the seventh. And I've let myself down. I've let the listeners down. So yeah, I've got this weekend. No, I, 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 I do you know. I think you've let anyone down. I think I think we'll leave it there. So we sign off. What? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> aside from the sofa, what have we been up to? Lockdown squad again last night. That was good fun. Yeah, so just a bit more of Lockdown Squad. Um, do you know what? I watched a really good film I think you'd enjoy called Ford vs. Ferrari. Ever heard of it? No. It's a really, really good film. It's about basically um, Ford going off Ferrari. Yes, cars. Well done. Um, to win the Le Mans race. And it's so interesting. Is that not what it's called? <laughs> Le Mans? It's French, isn't it? <laughs> My French lessons still haven't been going well. Oh, brilliant. So back in January, listeners, uh, Berth said her ambitions for the year were to learn French and to read more books. So obviously the French is coming on beautifully. Le Mans. Le Mans. Okay, Le Mans. Anyway, it's about that and how Ford go after to beat Ferrari. What happens in the end is unbelievable. Like, yeah, you couldn't... It's a true story and you literally could not write how it ended. It was unreal. So... Watch that one. Some I, I do. I do love a sporting film. I love them. Coach Carter, uh, yeah. Blindside, one of my favourite films of all time. Um, what's the basketball one with um, Forrest Whitaker? Oh, that's really, really good as well. And there's another doc, doc, documentary style one about a, a college American football team as well which is absolutely brilliant um yeah, yeah i love all that pardon i'm into all of that too there's and, so many of them at the moment that are out there not many women's ones though which i put out about um because obviously back in like 2010 there was that documentary on us called the english roses um which sky actually aired yep they um, did. after traction on on social media but but yeah, there's hardly any women's documentaries, sporting films. 
Um, and no disrespect to them, but if they are, they're mostly around gymnastics or cheerleading. Um, yeah, I've not seen one for like football or rugby or hockey, cricket. And you could find four or five on every single one of those on men's. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agreed that there was, I know Ali Donnelly had a, put a tweet out, didn't she, about uh, a gymnastics documentary. It was on Netflix, so um, uh, I'm not, don't do Netflix, so uh, I've I've missed that. But apparently, yeah, very, very uh, interesting, eye-opening, um, and yeah, uh, inspiring in the end. But uh, yeah, if you get a chance, flick onto that. Um, and the All or Nothing series as well have been very, very good. Really enjoy those. But no, I, yeah, I watched the the Red Roses from 2010 the the other night. Um, very, very good. Didn't quite go deep enough for me, but. As a broadcaster, as a media person, I know you're always at the, the mercy of, of, of the coaches and what have you as to how much access you get. You know, the, the guys in Japan, you know, the documentary The Rising Suns just skirted along the surface for me. Um, if you're going to do it, do it properly, Berth. Job's worth doing, worth doing well. That's what the old man used to say. Carpentry and, uh, and cushions and television aside, Rachel Burford. Uh Obviously, Harlequin's captain. Lovely little tweet about you yesterday, wasn't there? Oh. Yeah, that was a nice bit of love from the club. Beautiful stuff. Uh, anyway, back to to the club. Obviously, the the guys have got fifteenth of August that weekend penned into to get the Premiership away. And I know we've had an announcement from uh, the powers that be at Europe on the men's side to to get the quarterfinals uh, away. Anything else you can tell us in terms of any kind of start date? What what's going on at the club? Are we are you training yet at all in small groups, or is there any, nothing at all? No, there, there's really nothing at all. Um, there's no talk yet about um, when we're coming to train together, um, whether that's small groups or larger groups. I think. They are waiting on the RFU to give them direction on what's happening, when it happens, um, when they can start bringing players back. I think a couple of things to bear in mind is, you know, not everybody lives around the corner for Harlequins. So they're going to potentially bringing in people going to have to travel really far to be in small groups of six where you're only allowed to do running at the moment. Um, so I don't think there's any immediate rush right now. Um, there's a period that, again, we've spoken about to have some time off. Um, but I think right here, right now, we're waiting on the RFU to give us direction on when is going to be the right time. I think also they want to really minimise the risk to the men and any clubs who train at the same facilities, in the same area. And I mean, like for men, they've just gone into stage two and stage one was, you know, really, really strict. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, in small groups, only allowed in the building for a certain amount of time, one-way systems, not allowed to join it up in cars. They must arrive and leave on their own, like really, really strict measures. Um, and now they've just gone into stage two. And, you know, for us to come in when we don't know when the league is yet starting, with the hope of it being, you know, September, there's still time for us to stay away to minimise any risk to the men who are planning to start in August. Um, so, yeah, we're still waiting. 
everybody's training hard and training remotely. So that's all we can do. So from a, I mean, I'm beginning to have a few meetings at, at the local club, which uh, I'm involved with as well. Um, and obviously huge amounts of amateurs back out training this week, Tuesday, Thursday, socially distanced. Give us a, an understanding as to why that's being allowed. And I know there's measures with cleaning balls and equipment and what, what have you. And, and they're trying to do that realistically uh, sort of every half an hour, but you know, start beginning of the session, that kind of stuff. Is it because you don't have a, an end date and therefore what's the point of starting that process because actually all you're going to be doing in the first few weeks months and it's my concern with with the amateurs as well if you're not going to be able to play rugby proper what are you going to be doing for two three months uh what running around doing a bit of sort of distance sort of fitness and what have you um people are going to get a little bit uh, bored probably and a little bit annoyed with it all especially the sort of kids so is that the thinking behind it i think there's probably an element of that but i think you know, the way that we operate at an elite level is you would be working back from that start date. So you're making sure the running volume's right, the contact, you know, the return to contact element. Can we get any friendlies in? So there's a lot of detailed preparation. And and like I said, like we could we could do Tuesdays, Thursdays. We could turn up in groups of six and we could run till we're sick and then go home again. But what's that really gonna? Is that really gonna help us when we come to to play and be ready when we can? We're doing that already at home. So I think, um, yeah, I think there's an element of making sure that our plan and our preparation is right for the season start. And let, let's say we start training next week, and the, let's say the league doesn't start till November, then you know that's too long. That's too long to be running nonstop to be you know pushing your body which could then potentially break come November, December when you go into playing. So I think, you know, we've got experts in those positions and they'll know the best. And that's what we've just got to trust in that, in that respect. And look, it, grassroots clubs, I've seen youth, adults going back and, and and that's good. It's fine. It's, you know, it's not necessarily just about what they're doing on the pitch. It's just being able to see someone have a bit more social interaction, that mental health side of things is really, really important. Um, but I think... I genuinely do think that most people are going to be sensible about it. They're going to have a full process behind it. They're not just going to have kids turning up, running for two hours, um, doing simple, you know, straight line running. They'll be creative. You know, you've seen some pictures already about some creative small-sided games. And um, so I think it's more about looking after the well-being. But I also think, you know, the adults in the clubs, the coaches, the, the people who run the rugby clubs want to try and help and support their community. You know, there's some clubs that have opened up their doors and their bars and it's all very social distancing. You've got to book a table, how many come in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think as long as people are being careful and sensible about things and, and remembering that we're still in this pandemic and people are still getting sick and people are still dying, that we are um, sensible about it because they talk about the second peak. We don't want to encourage that at all. No, I, I thousand percent agree that rugby clubs, you know, I mean, we only have to look at the uh, the announcement from the RFU and you know the, the the poor sort of over 130 people losing losing their jobs, quarter of their their, their workforce. If it's affecting the RFU, the richest union in the world, but what are amateur clubs doing? So a thousand percent, get the doors open, get people socially distanced, especially in the summer. That's obviously a lot easier to to do that. Get 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 some money coming back back into to the clubs. 
but also that, that that community feel, which rugby clubs are, are a huge part of uh, local communities and you know and families and, and people that rely on on those connections and, and those relationships a, a huge amount. But as a as a as a top level coach that you are, <clears throat> what? <laughs> what's the uh, advice early on? In, in these opening few weeks, because if you don't have a start date as you know, the, the top level uh, elite women, you know, who are you know, now now paid by, by club and country, um, you've not started. The amateur game is going to be behind that, you, you would presume, crumbs. Uh, otherwise, there's something seriously, seriously wrong. Um, what, what's the advice early on? Just keep it really, really fun, I presume. Yeah, I think so. I think you need to keep it fun. You need to have a bit of a competitive angle. But I think it's really critical to know where your players are, what they've been doing during lockdown. Um, Because the last thing you need is to injure somebody, then not have access to a physio because can't have hands-on contact. And then, you know, you get into yourself into a bit of a bad um, circle of that. So I think you've got to keep things fun, keep things quite short and simple. So they go away wanting more, not dreading coming back because that was a long slog. Um, and, yeah, I think we've just got to keep being patient. I think a lot of people have shown great initiative to, to get on with stuff on their own. There's plenty of things that people can do that don't need to be in a club setting. So there's lots of things that you could also send players away to work on on their own in the back garden. Um, but, yeah, I'll just you know keep things quite fun, competitive um, edge to it. Um, and make sure they're short and, and obviously within all the regulations that the RFU and the government are, are stressing about. Yeah, and I, I think just a, just a personal view, but we, we, we have got to be patient. These are unprecedented times. We, yeah, we, fingers crossed, we will never ever see anything like this ever again in, in our lifetimes. It is, yeah, this is huge. It's absolutely huge around the world and we don't want to be getting into a second wave. So just just take things. And I know there's a huge, you know, want to get back to rugby and people have been missing it so much and whatever. But actually, yeah, there's bigger things at play here. Just a bit of patience. A bit of patience and, and think it out. Be organised. I'm Gary Street and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. There is a little bit of news to uh, to get you up to uh, to date with. Uh, the Black Ferns handed the HSBC World Sevens title, as well as the men. The correct and, and really the only decision to be made, Berth. Yeah, um, I think they've been the on-form team. They've obviously got enough points in the small amount of tournaments that they did do to, to claim that title. Um, yeah, they're a very proud squad. Um, and I know that they're all very ch- like really gutted that the HSBC World Series has had to cancel this year due to COVID, but absolutely um, over the moon to, to go back to back. Um, and, you know, probably the rest of the world is, you know, wiping their top brow that we're not going straight into Olympics, that everyone's got a bit of time to try and catch them up and um, push them next season. And some news coming out of uh, the Principality, out of Wales. Advertising for a world-leading coaching structure 
for the Wales women's 15s and 7s. In search of a head coach for the women's programme, national performance analyst, senior women's programme and physical performance programme lead for women's rugby. Not my words, theirs. Exciting times, isn't it? I mean, we've been talking about Wales, um, you know, really progressing with their women's programme, putting the money where their mouth is. You know, they've spoken a lot about that women's is important. Um, and we were for a long time questioning where's the head coach for the 15s programme, what's going on there, and we didn't have any answers. And then what do we find out? Now they're advertising for a new head coach, which is great news um, because there was a worry. Obviously, Ollie Phillips going in for the with the sevens, it was a concern that maybe they were going to focus on one programme and not the other. Um, but really pleased to see that they're, they're also really fully behind the 15-a-side programme as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, could not agree with you more. Um, and yeah, you've got got plans to to get uh, Charlie Watham. I mean, news to her, but um, yeah, to try and get her on early uh, when we start up our second series, just to give us some sort of clarity and tell us exactly what's uh, what's going on there now. This uh, really really good news has been uh, been announced. Some good news coming out of um, Gloucester Hartbury as well, just over the bridge. Mo Hunt, Zoe Allcroft, Millie Wood, Kelly Smith, Mia Venner, Tatiana Hurd and Ellie Underwood have all re-signed. Quality signings. During all this, like people really want to keep hold of the, their top players um, because that encourages more people to stay. So, yeah, I don't think it's a surprise to see Natasha stay in. Obviously, she was given captaincy last year. She'll want to fulfil that again, hopefully, this season. Um, and, you know, some of the players who are stuck at the club as well. She lives with a couple of them. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised to see that them stay, but really good for Gloucester Hartbury to, to keep that high quality of players there. She's Natasha to you, is she? Not, not, not Mo? No, she is Mo, but you always tell me that I have to use full names. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> and, and Bristol Bears, women's RFC, to use their full name. Uh, Kaylee Powell has signed. Worrying the amount of Welsh players playing their trade in England, possibly, or is it a good thing? Because yeah, let's be honest, the uh, the Premier Fifteens is the highest league in the world, and therefore, if those players are playing at that level, take that back to country. That that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, I think I think that's where the game is at the moment. I think if we were all all competing on, you know a similar level um, then you'd maybe want to be talking about you know we want to look after our own but the game's just not there at the moment and the better players that we have playing in the league is obviously going to be more attractive the, the game itself then potentially bring commercial side of things and broadcasters is what we want so the more top players that we have playing in this league is going to benefit the league but it will also benefit the national sides that they also represent because we want to we we want to get away from England, France and New Zealand dominating everything. We want to have more competitive international teams. Um, and I'm really pleased that Wales, you know, again, are allowed to play in, in the Premier 15s this year. Yeah, I know. Could agree more. And a good old Sale who provided some news every week for us. News come after sign up, Jessica Roberts. Yeah, she's delighted to uh, to be joining the professional outfit. Yeah, really, really interested. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Seeing 
seeing the likes of Sale, seeing the likes of, of Exeter and seeing what they're going to bring to the party. Obviously, they've got three years to prove themselves. But um, yeah, going to be really interesting to see how they uh, they hit the ground, should we say. Yeah, I think so. I think, but not only that, I think the current teams, you know, people are recruiting really well. You know, the likes of Worcester, I think we're going to see a completely different outfit from them. Obviously, Sale have got great signings, have got great people involved. It's going to be exciting to see how they go. Exeter, we don't know maybe some of the players that are going there at the moment, but, you know, with all these signings that's going on, I, you know, as confident as I am that Harlequins will, will be in the top. You know, I think we're going to see some really different results this year, which is exactly what the game needs. Agreed. Yeah. Joe Yap is, uh, is, is yes, weaving her magic. So just about to uh, go on a Zoom call with Angela Ruggiero. I've probably just heard from her that she's unable to make it, which is a, a real shame. Yeah, I really wanted to get someone from, from World Rugby... Onto this uh, this women's rugby pod, um, but anyway, um, onwards and upwards. We can only control what we can control. Berth. How about five quick fire questions for you? Let's go. I'm on. I'm in. Yeah. Great. Look at how we just so I get, I we, we just turn that around, yeah. just spun it around into a positive, negative to positive. See what we've done there. We've done that all season long. 43 weeks worth. Who is Woo. your best ever centre partner? Ooh. Uh, best ever. You sure you, you want to do this? You sure you want to do this? Best ever tourist. Best ever tourist. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll forgive you if you don't say why. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rocky Clark. Gives a little smidge as to why. You just told me that I didn't have to give you why. You don't have to, but it would be nice. But not for me, for the listeners. I mean, I know, obviously, but, you know. Uh, she'll just, she's up for everything, that girl. Tremendous. Best dancer. Best dancer. Um, do you know what is Michaela Stanford? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure... I ever could really see much when I when we're out dancing. Um, yeah, but Michaela loved to bust the groove. Would your teammates call you a lightweight or a heavyweight when it came to the uh, <laughs> the post eighty minute game? Right. Well, there'll be two camps because a lot of them will say, "Oh, she's a lightweight," because I don't drink that often. And then the girls who know me well. And know when I go hard, I go hard. And they'll call me not a lightweight. The and is it, comes out. The what comes out? 
Polish. I'm half Polish. Yeah, I was going to so say, do, is it vodka and shots and stuff? Yeah, amongst other things. Um, but yeah, I don't really have that off button. Um, yeah. Good to know. So I'll keep going. Well, you know, in 2025, when the sofa's finished and I come out of my cup of tea, perhaps we'll move it into, <laughs> into having a vodka or two. Um, what's that? I kind of, kind of think that's that's three or four. Um, the one person you always want on this, your, your team, rather than the opposition, who's indispensable? Now, I'll open it up. Hey, it do- turn up. Bang. Don't need to open it up. Bosh, Amy Turner. Yeah. She's the heart and soul of the team. Her knowledge is unbelievable. Um, yeah, she's just such a good team player. Good egg. She's funny. And you know what? She's the best dancer. Oh, my gosh, she's going to kill me. If you ever want to see Amy, Amy Turner dance, she'll put a bit of Missy Elliott on. She won't be able to help herself. Her shoulders start going. She'll start popping. Um, yeah, 100% Amy Turner. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. Yeah, literally just usurped like that. That that poorly, bang, you're out. Sorry, Michaela, bang, gone. Yeah, she'll understand. Fair enough. So the best, I did best tourist centre partner, best dancer, best teammates. Call you a good drinker, bad drinker, and indispensable in any side. Bosh, there you are. Five done. Okay. Well, that's the end of the pod now. Whoa, whoa, uh, 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 no, you don't get away with it. Okay, first up, favourite player to commentate and watch? You can exempt me from all of these questions, obviously. I was just going to give that caveat. I was just (laughs) going to give that caveat. Uh, Juliana Manuel would be right up there. Yeah, love just love the way she effortless. Player. Yeah, just absolute glider. But it's someone else in her position, and unfortunately, she gets mentioned a lot. But um, she, yeah, she's um, unbelievable rugby player and uh, a smashing human being. She just—it's almost like the Matrix. Everything like just stops. The world stops when she has the ball, um, and it's yeah, it's Emily Scarrett. Where's your favourite place to commentate? Um, these aren't these are hard questions, aren't they? Aren't they? Like, you want to think about it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're not allowed to. Uh, look, Twickers is is magic just because it's really technical and geeky, but your distance away from the pitch is really important. So those grounds that have a running track make it really, really difficult for a commentator. Well, not really difficult, but that much more difficult. And, and a height. And at Twickenham, you are front row, of the middle tier, which is. Almost, well, certainly for me anyway, and it's, it's very personal, but the, the correct height to watch a game of rugby because you don't want to be down low because you can't see the patterns and you don't want to be too high up because otherwise they're just ants. Um, so Twickers would be up there. Stade Mars Saint-Michelin at Clermont-Ferrand. They run in the ground three hours before the, ground, the, the game started. The gates open. They literally run to their best spots and it is... It is absolutely magic, absolutely amazing atmosphere uh, at Clermont. Um, and they, they play some pretty decent rugby as well, but you're right up in the gods. So, they, yeah, you look like, yeah, 30 ants on a field. 
Uh, my my favourite, and it's purely for, for one reason, one reason only, is Welford Road. Um, because you're on an old bench with a tight desk and you've got the crowd right behind you. You've got the folks sitting behind you or the women sitting behind you. You're their knees right in your back and you're right in amongst the crowd. And there's there's no better way to commentate than when you're right in amongst the crowd. Because that's, that's your job at the end of the day to convey what's going on. To, to, to the people in television. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Welford Road, for that reason alone. Okay. Um, who do you think is the next rising star for women? Is it uh, Zoe Oldcroft, or is that... She, she's, she's risen already, is she? Are we, are we counting her as a... Yeah. Uh, hearing some very, very good things about Mia Venner. Down at Gloucester Hartbury. So she seventeen. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah late teens. Um, certainly, certainly one to watch. Holly Aitchison. Um, she's you know not not particularly young, but so yeah, you know, it's had some some bumps along the road to 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 get into the seven squad now. But she's a she's a very very talented talented player, and I'm looking forward to seeing Ellie Kildun, um, possibly in a, in a fifteen shirt again because I thought she was she was rather special. Um, when she was playing 15s. But uh, yeah, Mia Venner would be, would be there or thereabouts. Okay, how many is that? That's three, right? Who is your inspiration? Your inspo? Who do you look up to? Could be in the comms world, in the playing world, family. There's only one answer, birth. And that's my dad. My old man. Yep. Sadly lost to him uh, when I was 17 years of age and uh, I talk to him still every day. And I'm sure he listens every day, Johnny. And he'd be proud of you, very proud. Okay, my final question for you. It's taking an unusual turn today's pod, isn't it? (laughs) No, it's good. It's raw, it's real. It's happening right now because our plans change and we've got a few tears. It's all good, though. We'll get rid of the emulsion. What's your final question, Beth? Hit me. My final question is, I've got pill A and pill B. Pill A, it takes you to be 60 years old, but you're a millionaire. Or pill B, which takes you back to being five years old and you get to take everything that you know now. Oh, easy. Time is the most precious thing that we have. I'm not wishing any time away. If I get your time back, I'm having time back. 100%. 100%. So you go back to being five. Oh, every day. All day, every day. Treasure time. It's so, so precious. Most precious thing we have. That Finished it. We, we, we've ended it up in emotion and profoundness. <laughs> oh. There you go. This is how we would have ended our series. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's not, it's not a bad way to... To finish things up, not the uh, the way that we wanted to uh, do the final pod, but uh, these things are are against us, especially at such short notice. Anyway, oh, that was uh, that was fun and emotional all at the same time. As has this series been, birth. Look, we're lining up some 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 great people already for uh, for season two. Uh, we're not going to give up on Bill Bowman, are we? Um, especially after today. As we've also got. I'm keen to get Amy Turner on, actually. You mentioned her there, and actually, do you know what? She's one of these up-and-coming coaches. She's got a very, very bright future. 
be good to get her on. Abby Burton as well. You, I know you and I have spoken about. Uh, like to get Charlie Charlie Watham on the uh, general manager of the WRU just to, to give us some uh, more detail on what's going on in Wales because obviously things are sort of turning around there as well. And uh, Carol Isherwood, uh, one of the ladies to effectively start the game in this country. Uh, I've been in contact with Carol uh, and we're yeah we're sort of going to get some. Uh, uh, I've been in contact with Carol. We're going to get a, a date in very very soon. But yeah, she's she's in the pipeline. Anyone else uh, for you, Berth? Quinn's head coach. <laughs> Have we mentioned them already? Ooh, you talked to him already. Ooh. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew you got it. The no, um, no, no. I don't want you to be the Quinn's head coach. You've got more playing. I want to see you in New Zealand next summer. Thanks very much. Um, right there we go. Pod. 43 consecutive weeks. Wrapped up. Wrapped up. Yeah, yeah look, huge, huge thank you. Look, we, we not going to do this without the, the support of everyone out there listening and uh, following us on social media. So huge, huge thank you to, to all of you um, for, yeah, so for, for following us and, and, and giving us that support that we know we're sort of doing things generally uh, in the right way and, and in the right vein. Uh, I think we're, we're doing exactly what we set out to do, which was to to give uh, up-to-date views for the for the world of women's rugby from around the world, uh, including some of the biggest biggest guests and most varied guests. And I think that's that's what we're doing. So thank you to everyone. Um, yeah, Stuart, uh, Cabbage Patch and Fuller's, that live event was, was a real, real highlight for me. Um, I know we kind of did this on week 40, but uh, yeah, no, thank you very much, everyone. Just one, one plea, if you don't already, please give us a rating because uh, it makes a big, big difference this this side in, in, in forging partnerships and what have you going forward uh, because we do have some really big plans for the, for this podcast but it's time, it's effort, it's money and, and those partnerships can obviously help with that. So if you, yeah, if you don't already, grab somebody else's phone from a metre plus away, obviously, subscribe, uh, hit the five-star button uh, and of course follow us on social media at pod women's rugby so yeah a massive massive goodbye from uh, everyone here at the wrp thank you to luke rosier thank you to jez man to ellie on social medias thank you to you for supporting yet again thank you to the pod wife yeah just to echo what johnny said there thank you to everybody that supported us and uh, from everybody in the background to everybody in your ears listening to us we really appreciate it but please go and subscribe follow us Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you from Sue Sue. And remember, we're still trying to find the World Cup trophy. Reunite it with Jill Burns. Keep looking. Keep trying to find it. And just finally, thank you so much, Johnny. The amount of work um, that you put into this is a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of effort that you're giving up for the women's game. And I hugely appreciate it. And I know that our listeners do too. So thank you from me. See you. Right back at you, pod wife. You stay safe and we'll speak soon. Until next time.